Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. We're going to go ahead and talk about phase one of the China-U.S. or U.S.-China trade deal. I know we've talked about this before, but we're going to go into a few different uh, areas that we haven't talked about, which is uh, enforcement, demand, and some clauses that uh, have just come about uh, this week that we found out about. So let's let's take a look at uh, something new uh, here, Mike. Let's talk about this coronavirus and the impact that it uh, could have as we uh, move forward with this phase one deal. Yeah, so our, our main guy, Kudlow, came out and said that it's not really going, or it could, sorry, affect this phase one deal as uh, China taking in exports. So Everyone kind of assumed going into it that that could be the effect with borders being shut down with obviously a virus that's spreading. Yeah, you've got travel bans. Yeah, Yeah. so had to expect that it was going to affect it somehow. Uh, But expecting it to affect getting kind of purchases out in the first half while they're trying to deal with everything. Right, and then yesterday or or over the weekend, the U.S. Trade Representative uh, said that there is a clause that was built into the uh, to the phase one deal that says if there is a act of God or, you know, natural disaster or, you know, some unforeseen issue that either party could, you know, reach out and ask for flexibility or some leniency when it comes to their side of the uh, side of the deal. Well, obviously, this extenuating circumstance of coronavirus has has really impacted them. You know, a lot of it was 10 days over their their lunar new year but it's still putting things back and we're you know they still have areas of their country that are locked down mm-hmm. so uh what once we do get the the demand from uh from china what <coughs> excuse me what can we what can we expect from them well i think we're still working with the 40 billion in purchases uh we'll see how that because right now you have a lot of these research companies looking at parts of it, a new crop, part of an old crop, and having it mixed between the marketing years, which what we're hearing from the USDA is they're going to be using public knowledge on this next WASDE report to estimate demand. So it'll be interesting because at first we all were expecting some demand here soon, but now with this coronavirus, we might just kick it all to the back half of the year and maybe look at a bulk purchase or maybe say, well, we weren't able to do what we were expecting to do in the first half of the year, so let's cut it down about half of what we were expecting because we only have half the year yet left. Mm -hmm. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how this goes about, but I would be more so, especially when dealing with China, be expecting the second option of, well, you know, we we had this really bad virus that came and swept through our, and we just weren't able to purchase. So let's just cut down in half and We'll continue next year unless something unforeseeable happens for the third time in a row. Uh, so th- th- that's, from my point of view, probably the most likely way we're going to be looking at it. From what we released at the uh, Allendale uh, conference uh, last week, um, you know, we, we're looking for uh, about a 30, uh, 30%, 70% old crop, new crop uh, split, which means that uh, this year uh, the expectation for soybeans could be roughly 12 million metric tons for old crop, uh, which and 28 million metric tons for for new crop. Um, 
the big one that I think everybody will be watching as well is, you know, you have this uh, this issue where the country has basically been on lockdown in parts of the country, uh, but they still need to feed people. They still need to feed livestock. Do you do you feel like the this is going to really push us back that much? Well, not only do you have it on the coronavirus side of things, but you have to also recognize the bird flu that's also developed over there. So they've hit their pig supply with ASF, and now they're going to be hitting their poultry side with bird flu. And how does that develop? So right now, it's, I think the coronavirus is going to be a relatively short-term uh, ordeal that we're dealing with. It's just going to, I think, affect the initial buy dates. But the bigger thing is we've already hit their feed need demand for their livestock, and now we're doing it again with the bird flu. Mm-hmm. So where is this going to end up, and are they just going to end up saying, well, we need to rebuild our herds, so what we're going to be doing this year is just buying a lot of protein. Yeah, so it could be it could be more on the meat side of things that we see the, the demand rather than the feed side. So we could be shipping a lot of frozen pork and, and poultry over to them to f- fill that, uh, that void of the loss from ASF and and now this new bird flu that's uh, that's come out. Um, at this point, we don't know any more about that bird flu uh, as far as spread, other than what we've heard. It was what seventeen or or fifteen thousand uh, uh, birds that were culled. We haven't heard it spreading just yet, have we? Not yet, but you have to assume with how they reported with ASF and how they re- really report with anything that we're not getting the full story, mm-hmm. and we never get the full story out of China. And we had a – there was a story out um, this week that was uh, the U.S. Uh, levied some new tariffs on uh, on China or increased tariffs on China? They Yes, they uh, stopped accepting uh, waivers for uh, for tariffs Okay, for certain companies. So that, that came out. Uh, you have China not too happy with how we've been dealing with this virus as well. Uh, so there are some things developing in the background that are that aren't so positive. There was a there was also a story about uh, uh, China's uh, main bank um, releasing uh, some ridiculous amount of of yuan into the uh, into the market. Uh, mm-hmm. um, that will tend to mess with a with a, a country's uh, currency, and we've already labeled them as currency manipulators before, is that going to be an, a, a factor that we, we have to watch that uh, maybe that elicits some more tariffs eventually? I would very much doubt that we're going to go after that aspect of being having the government pump money into the economy, which is exactly what we're doing right now with the Fed. Mm-hmm. Fed's acting like a bank for this repo market, and I'd be very, very surprised to see Trump come out and say, well, you can't do that because well, we're doing the same exact right, thing right now. Exactly. Well, and I think it, it's, it's, you know, if ever there was one time where it was warranted that they pumped some money in, it's, it's after they've been, you know, they've had so many areas of, uh, you know, industry shut down because of, uh, this this coronavirus, and you still have some of these areas that are not expected to come back to uh, to work or to school until 
the 9th or the 13th of February. So you're talking about two to three weeks of, of downtime in some of this manufacturing and, and, uh, and these companies that are over there not being able to do anything at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's very warranted. I think without it, I mean, you can't just shut down a country, especially a country as big as China, for this long and not expect negative repercussions on the economic side of things. So I, I do think it, I think it's a Band-Aid right now, and I don't know how long they're going to be actually shut down because it seems like they keep backing it up a little bit by mm-hmm. little while this thing is spreading. But uh, the longer they do that, it's not really going to, I think, affect our side of things as much as it could just affect the world's economy. That if this goes on for too long and China does crash, well, you just took out one of the legs from the world economy and a very supportive leg from the world economy as well. Well, as we uh, as we wrap things up here, uh, Mike and I have been uh, extremely active uh, outside of the podcast booth here. Um, we're getting out there and and doing uh, media for uh, for Allendale, trying to keep our name out there. Uh, you can find me uh, weekly uh, with the the commodity show on RFD TV. I do the Monday uh, show at uh, ten fifteen. I do the Friday show at nine fifteen with Marlon Bowling. And John Jenkinson. I also uh, record a spot for Iowa Agribusiness Radio. You can find me there. And then we also uh, do some uh, some XM radio as well. Mike, where uh, where are the guys uh, finding you at uh, out there? You guys can find me every morning on our morning video here at Allendale. You can find me every Friday, WIIL Radio, with your market update. Um, and on our week comments for our research. So you can find me all those places and hopefully soon to be more. And we're both on, on Twitter. I am uh, at Allendale underscore Greg. And who, where are you at on uh, on Twitter there? At Allendale underscore Lung, L-U-N-G. So for today for Allendale, Mike Lung, Greg McBride, you guys have a great one. <laughs>